This is Hope FM. Well, as you heard me say at the top of the programme today, our focus is on the co-op, and in particular the co-op community fund uh, right now. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, now, what what is that? Well, many of you I know who listen to Hope FM uh, are involved with different charities, and I know that all of you are always looking to raise funds for the fantastic work that you're undertaking. Now, the Co-op Community Fund is one mechanism that may well um, uh, be able to provide some of those funds for you. There There are two people who are called member champions, and uh, I've got I've got two of them here in the studio with me. I've got Tina and I've got uh, Jody, and they both have that role. So, Tina, maybe start with you. What What is a co-op member champion? Um, so, member pioneer. Um, pioneer. So, only go. <laughs> that's it. Um, so, basically, we're kind of um, the champions for the um, charities and causes, um, and we connect the um, causes to the stores and um, make sure that, you know, they're we're helping in whatever way we can really now those those causes are very diverse aren't they i mean they for, for example um what are, what are, give us a flavor of the causes in the local area that you're responsible for Tina. Um, so i have um cruise bereavement um and they obviously deal with people that need you know um one-to-one or you know um group sessions with coping with bereavement and then i've got um a completely different um cause which is um saint mark's um school which they are looking for funding to redo their playground and play equipment for the kids so completely different you know causes but still equally and jody you've got a whole other bunch over in hamworthy and pool uh what what causes have you got at the moment yes that's right uh like tina very diverse um on one hand i've got the Dorset Parent Infant Partnership, which is a charity set up to help um, parents when when they first become parents, bond with their children, um, learn sort of how to interact with their children, and, and help what can be quite a difficult start into parenthood for some people. Um, on the other hand, I've got Christchurch Creepmore, which is um, a church in Creepmore that have just opened a community cafe, and the funds they're raising are going towards the running of that and the facilities for that. Now, I guess with both of you, you start off probably knowing very little about the charities. Um, uh, so how, how do they come your way? How do you know which charities have been selected in your respective areas? Um, so we have um, Heather, who is our um, manager, um, and the stores very carefully look at all of the causes that have applied um, and they will select three um, and pass them on to um, the community you know, managers and stuff. Um, Heather then will send out our lists of um, our causes, contact numbers, email addresses, um, so that we can get in contact with them. Um, when I started, I thought it was best to actually reach out, you know, to them and let me let them know um, my name, where I am, you know, and so on and so forth, just to, you know, say hello, basically. <laughs> And yourself, I suppose you're exactly the same, Jodie. You start off with a blank sheet and then get to know the charities that have been selected. Yes, that's right. So as as part of our jobs and what we do, we naturally develop good connections with a complete wide selection of people in the community. Um, and through that, they hear about the other sort of funding opportunities we have and the co-op community fund always comes up eventually so when it when the um the next round of applications opens which will be soon um we kind of have a list of people who we who we give a nudge to and say that you know the applications are open now if you want to apply um so that so some charities we do know about some causes we are familiar with before they apply some have been causes before which is also fine um and then head office put together a short list and as tina said when we get the short list we then look at that with the store managers in our area our manager heather and we put together a list that we think should be our top three based on what we think the community most needs. Fantastic. Now, of course, we've been through the most challenging two years, haven't we? And I guess that you started out having selected some charities way back in 2019. Can't believe that's when all this business with the pandemic started. But then everything went went a bit pear-shaped. How did that impact the work that you were doing? 
So I can't actually speak for that. For that, because you weren't I, here then. I wasn't here. I only started in last year in October. So, um, but Judy, I, you were there. I can't. <laughs> I was. I started in August 2019. So, uh, in a pre-pandemic oh my life. <laughs> <laughs> so we had charities that came on board in October 2019. The funding year runs October to October, um, and we did the initial. Um, sort of meet and greet we went out to meet them I heard about all the work they were doing which was wonderful um, and then less than six months later everything sort of came to an abrupt halt one of the charities I had at that time was a men's shed who um, I went out to meet sort of uh, it was late October early November heard about everything they wanted to do the things they wanted to buy they had some really really good ideas and of course that's linked with mental health isn't it it is it yeah. is yes um, absolutely brilliant cause um, I was so excited about that one and then in March they abruptly had to stop meeting a lot of their members um, were sort of of retirement age and they also were slightly clinically vulnerable some of them so all the meetings had to stop um, they were only able to meet on Online, but some members found that a bit tricky. However, I have since been to see the men's shed and they did eventually spend their money on the things they planned to and they invited me back about three months ago to so have like a many look, which things, was lovely. Yeah. And of course, there would never have been a greater need for mental health support coming through and now hopefully out of the pandemic. We're not quite out of it yet because people are getting this... Uh, <coughs> new strain as it were and so I know that's that's been affecting your your staffing in the stores and so on Um, but but nevertheless I I guess that there's never been a time whenever support for mental health as one charity uh, has been very much to the fore you know you've had a couple of mental health uh, charities as well I do yeah I have um, Cruise Bereavement and um, Rejuvenate Um, Rejuvenate are solely mental health yeah we've had Rejuvenate guys on the programme before yeah they're amazing they really are really good guys well let's let's have some music and then we'll come back and we'll talk about how you know how people find out about the, about the charity because there's two levels isn't there and we'll talk about about that because they can apply to local stores directly yep. as well as being sort of for the 12 month funding as well we'll talk about that so keep your ear to the radio and this is probably an appropriate song with a little help from my friends what would you think if I sang out of tune? Would you stand up and walk out on me? This is Hope FM. Well, a great song there. You get by with a little help from your friends, of course, from uh, from the Beatles. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, uh, I quite fancy knowing more about this co-op uh, community fund. And, of course, what the next question is, well, well how do you uh, apply? So um, maybe I'll start with you this time, Jodie. So how would a charity uh, put their project forward for funding on the, on the sort of annual support? And tell us a wee bit about how it works. Uh, so um, this is actually quite a good time to talk about it because on May the 3rd, the new round of applications will open. So all the information will be at the co-op website, co-op.co.uk, um, and there'll be a link there to take you through to the application. So causes apply. Um, they also need to register on Cooperate, which is the co-op's um, sort of community tool that we've developed to help people find um things they may need in their community, what's going on, where they might find a food bank or a community fridge, things like that. So once causes have registered on Cooperate, they can apply for to be a local community cause. And then um, that will close at the end of May. And then in October, they will find out if they have been successful. And then the year runs um, October to October, usually around the 20-something of October, um, year on year. Now, obviously, in order to boost the giving, there's two ways, of course, a charity can do that. Obviously, they have to apply and talk about the charity. And you you usually, as an organisation, pick particular themes. I know you've got young people and young people's employment is one of your themes running at the moment. That thing changes every year, doesn't it? They They can do, although the themes for this year are carrying over into next year. So... 
the, one of the themes is mental health and mental well-being. Um, one of the big themes at the moment is fair access to food, which includes things like food banks, community which fridges. Which is equally all, all important with all this, you know, economic It is with, with the cost strain. of living rising and everything. Yeah. It's very important. Um, and then, as you, as you said, opportunities for young people to develop skills and employment opportunities. Um, we are also having a fourth category this year, which is focused on um, community spaces and environmental environmental programs fantastic so if a charity fits into one of those one of those four categories they make they make the case they do that beginning in may when it when it opens up and the the support runs for 12 months but how tina do they maximize their opportunity during those 12 months um i think first and foremost um is just to um you know keep in that communication with um, your member pioneer because um, we are there to help um, and you know we we can do things such as you know go into store and do like a you know a shout out day with leaflets and t-shirts and um, you know get the name out there of the cause and what you're about what you do what you want the fundraising for um, you know we we do we can do like promotion as well on social media um so through facebook channels twitter um and instagram um so you know there is there is a fair few things as a member pioneer that we we can help along so the use course. your member pioneer really to generate ideas yeah and i know you've been you've been because I mean, tina is our member pioneer here I at am. Hope FM, and she's always telling me off you know <laughs> Said, Blair, that website's done up to standard, you know. So I've had to, we had to completely redesign our website, you know. Awful. So if you go on the Hope FM website <laughs> right now, right on the front page, Tina, <laughs> uh, you'll find a link uh, there to, which uh, will tell you a wee bit about our cause. We've actually had five young people join us, uh, thanks to to the, the funding this year uh, on the co-op on the on the government's Kickstart scheme. They're joining us for six months each and learn all about radio skills and so on. I don't know whether some of them will rock in today, but if they do, we'll bring them in and you can, you, you can meet them. Um, but obviously, um, in the old days, you had the Divi, didn't you? Everybody knows about the co-op Divi, you know, apart from you, Tina, because you, you weren't born then. Uh, but um, do you remember the, the, the Divi, uh, Jodie? Not really, no. Any of you managers remember the Divi? I'm younger than Tina. Yeah. They're They're all too young here. But anyway, those days are gone. Now what happens is you become a co-op member. Now, the more members that join the co-op, the the more money there is potentially in the pot because each member can nominate uh, their favourite charity. Uh, And then a percentage of everything that you may buy in the co-op it goes into a big pot and that's basically what the charities get so one of the big uh, challenges for all of the charities is to get all their supporters and as many people as possible to become co-op members and more importantly than that to shop at the co-op yep forgot that right yeah yeah that's correct but actually that that creates a substantial sum of money i mean we're talking about Millions that have been raised across the country. Uh, I don't know whether you have an updated figure or not. Jodie? Well, we, we know last year that across, this has been running for seven years now and we'll be going into the eighth round. So across all seven rounds, it was £100 million that has been raised and given to charities across that time. Which is which is amazing and and a very very diverse range of charities supporting. I mean, here on Hope FM uh, last year, you guys helped us to raise over five thousand pounds, and and that helped us enormously, particularly through the pandemic, because we had to re-equip, uh, and we had loads and loads because all of the charities had to rethink about their delivery, uh, because all of a sudden they couldn't meet with people anymore. So coming in, in fact, even here in the studio, there's quite a gang of us here in the studio, there but is, we couldn't. Yeah be doing that during covid so it was all the telephone well of course the bills shoot up and so on so thank you for that uh all you co-op members who supported hope fm and also thank you on behalf of all of the charities locally who you've supported in in one way uh, or another now that's not the only way that you can get money from the co-op because you can also apply to your local store in fact you can apply up to three local stores, can't you? That's right, yeah. Tina, tell us about that. Um, so there's a number of different ways, um, ranging different amounts as well. So um, we can do um, £15 for raffles and things like that. Um, again, the 
just pop to your lo- local store, have a word with the store manager. Um, we can do up to £150 for um, a community donation. Um, that can be either, I believe, either um, in a cheque form or in stock form. Um, and up to £450 um, pulled of three stores um, to f- for donations, you know, to... Mm. For your charity, so that goes to the to the local manager in the shops, and then how 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 are the, the the applicants for that selected? Is it similar to the big fund? Um, I think it's a you know the the store manager's discretion kind of thing. Um, we kind of have. Um, we get contacted obviously by charities and things i'm actually looking to help a charity called um second chance at the moment to get a um donation from one of my stores so they're right at the beginning applying um so they they contacted i contacted them sorry because i liked the work they did and things like that um it's kind of you know i i reached out to them um and we had a about an hour's conversation about what they do and you'd obviously heard about their work i had yes um that was through facebook actually they just popped up on my kind of radar um and i thought you know what what you know one of the charities that actually you know could do with the with a donation um and um yeah we went from there really just had a really long conversation with the lady down there um just amazing work they do and yeah so um i'm going to talk to the store managers about you know meeting up and partnering up with them so yeah and that, that that might be a good place to start for some charities mightn't it because i know that one of the one of the ch- the many challenges that charities have they tend to be run by volunteers yeah and of course the time is is precious and so to apply for lots and lots of funds does take a great deal of time uh, and whatever and uh, I guess that during the pandemic there's been more and more people going for smaller and smaller pots so it's quite the, your your second scheme makes it quite easy doesn't it yeah definitely definitely does um you know even even the raffles really you know that if they've got a, a an event going on and they need you know um some st- a giant easter egg yeah that's it <laughs> Um, they can they can apply to the local stores, so that I think that's really helpful. But I suppose that it also brings us to another uh, challenge. That maybe some of us are not that good at, and that's making known what we do. I mean, are you amazed, Jodie, that I mean you, you get a number of charities come across your your desk and so on? But but sometimes charities are not so good at shouting about what they do. You know. Um, have you found that? I mean, you you found second chance just by accident, almost didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know whether you've had the same experience, Jodie, of of maybe coming across a piece of work and you think, I, I had no idea that that existed before. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. But once a once a cause is selected, that is again something that we can help them with. So, so it's so it's also about support for their for their fundraising and for ma- making themselves known. Yes, absolutely. And even once their year or years with us has ended, we don't want the relationship to end there. We will still continue to be in touch. We can support other things that they've done, as Tina was saying, through the store fund, um, and sort of keep keep going. And if we see something that they're doing, we can shout about it on our social media pages and things like that. The relationship with our causes does not end when the funding year ends. Absolutely. So of, of all the jobs that, that, that you do, and obviously you, you wear lots and lots of hats, what's the thing that you enjoy most in your interaction with charities? I'm actually, I really like to talk. Um, so a phone call or... Especially on the radio, Gina. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm a pro now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I can talk and talk and talk. So actually having a phone call or a Teams meeting or whatever, um, I feel is more personal than an email or a text. Or um, That's one of the things that I really, really enjoy is getting to know that person just through, even if it's half an hour of a chat. Um, and, you know... Get, you just get a sense of how you know the emotions in their voice and um i really enjoy that bit i really enjoy talking to people so yeah it's a good job to be able to talk to people and yourself julie I think that the bit of this job that I like the best is actually going out and doing community visits when we can go out and see for ourselves what the co-op money has paid for and 
see firsthand the difference that it has made to people, whether that is um, the, the small £150 pot that's been used to pay for one specific activity or whether it is a few thousand pounds that we've been able to give through the local community fund when, when I'm invited back to see what they've spent their money on and it, it, that, that bit is the bit I love the best. Now, obviously, all that we've been talking about in terms of applying, where do people go to find out all the ins and outs of those different ways that they can apply. The co-op website? Yes, that's right. All the terms and conditions are on there. And do you know that address off the top? Yes, it's co-op.co.uk. Oh, that's dead easy. Co-op.co.uk. Fantastic. Well, let's have some more music. And again, this is quite an appropriate song because remember that in the co-op, you definitely have a friend out there. This is Hope FM. Well, today my focus is on the co-op. I'm going to have a sort of bit of a change of direction because I've got two store managers, two very different stores, actually, because Liam, you're at Charminster uh, and Steve is at Mordon. Now, Charminster is a bit smaller store, isn't it? Yeah. And, and of course, Mordon is quite a, quite a sizable store, isn't it? But, but I guess the, the, the work that you're doing and interacting with customers and all that sort of thing is very, very similar. Of all the things that that you guys could do, uh, how did you end up at the co-op? Liam, you start. Uh, I ended up at the co-op because I I actually used to work for McDonald's, but um, I ended up leaving there. Um, What happened was um, I had family who worked for the co-op and they told me how good it was. So I started there as a cashier. Um, I realised that I actually had a a lot of love for retail. Um, Worked my way up to team leader. And then I became a team manager, which the role no longer exists. Um, and then I became a store manager. Well done. Yeah. And and was the journey similar for you, Steve? Um, it was a lot different, to be honest. I, I think I'm a bit of a dinosaur, to be honest. I'm, I'm in my 29th year. I mean, I don't I don't look old enough, though. I know so. Hey, you only look you're 21. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it was a long story, to be honest. Is um, I had a part-time job at an, like an old company. It wasn't part of a co-op called uh, Gateway back in the day when I was 16, 17. And then I actually went off to be a, a, a motorcycle mechanic apprentice. Did that for a couple of years. Unfortunately, got made redundant when I was 19. Uh, I said to myself, I wasn't going to be made redundant at all, so um, or be out of a uh, job for a day. So I went back to the old Gateway store manager who I knew, and I said, you got a job, I need a job. And I, So he said, yep, you can start Monday. So I started on the deli, and that was in September 1993. So uh, Gateway later became Summerfield, and then, then 2009, um, uh, Summerfield was bought uh, by co-op so but yeah i was public store manager in 2004 so i've been a store manager since 2004 now i mean obviously you 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 you, you wear many hats in a day because i guess you're hr people because you've got staff teams and so on Uh, obviously you've got the whole retail thing and how you present the various retail offers to the customers and and perhaps more important of all the the interaction with those customers now we've been talking about the community fund today that fund has touched you both in in different ways and and for you steve it was quite personal and and it was the it was the cruise bereavement wasn't it tell, tell us a wee bit about about that you know how, how you got involved with them and and how as a store manager that played out yeah yeah um i'll say we've supported a lot of charities over the years but i suppose this time it's um as uh, tina mentioned earlier in the show uh, cruise bereavement um unfortunately end of december i lost my father to cancer so it's affected us big time me and my family um so just use some of their literature from cruise to and it some of the things that it was saying on their literature really helped and put my mind at ease and put my mother's mind at ease and my sister as well it's a, it's a great sort of organization and you, that's when you sort of see really how the charities work that we support and it's just great to sort of be able to help them and then they can support us as well in a, in a different way um even though it's sad circumstances so Liam, of course, it was completely different uh, for you in, in in the sense that actually one of the charities has actually been a help to to one of your customers. Yeah. So I uh, with Rejuvenate Mental Health. Unfortunately, I had a customer that had come in to store yesterday. It was only yesterday that had told us that they felt like they were being bullied, pressured in, in the place that they live. They live in assisted living. Um, so and they didn't feel like being here anymore. Unfortunately, but um, so what I did was I con- I reached out to Rejuvenate, uh, told them about it. They said pass the number over. He accepted it and he was very grateful. So whether or not he's contacted, that's down to them now but um, it's just nice to 
have them to hand and to know them mm. on a personal basis. And that's interesting, isn't it? Because that, that a customer would share that with you, you know, because, I mean, to share something as personal as that, uh, you know, uh, people may not think that, that actually you go to the co-op, but, but I guess that the customers become your friends over a period of time because you're seeing the same faces in, in different ways. And, and, and do they then share personal things with you? Well, they obviously do. Yeah, sometimes it all depends. Like with this particular customer, we assist them with their shopping and things like that anyway. And we've built a relationship over the time. Um, they come in daily and get their bits and bobs and they come for conversation. Some of them are lonely and they do come for conversation. Yeah, I suppose that I mean, we don't tend to think about that. Do, you know, that there are lots and lots of lonely people out there. And that would have been accentuated by the fact that people couldn't come <laughs> and do the, Well, they were able to come in as long as they wore the mask during the pandemic, weren't they? But uh, so, have you had similar experience, Steve? Yeah, very similar to Liam. Is um, I think you see is when you're a manager of a supermarket, or even if you just work in a supermarket, you see sort of general people's lives sometimes pan out in front of you and how they behave and if you're in a shop a long time you see a age with you it's um but yeah the elderly i think as well or people that are lonely they they do come in to talk to you and that's when you sort of have a sense of community that you're there for them and you listen to what they've got to say and they like to listen to what you've got to say um and you, you build up a good rapport with some of them it's uh it's, it's nice to be there and i think especially during covid when a lot of people were scared no one knew what was going on we were sort of that real link to them because a lot of everybody was at home it wasn't just the elderly then it was right down to it the was everybody. People. everybody was at home yeah. and everybody was coming in your co-op and, and i think we was a real link part of the community yeah. for them well then. of course the co-op are very local your stores are very localized you got a lot of them you know in the local area did you find the people's shopping habits radically changed during the pandemic well, yes, um, at first, because you probably saw in the news that um, there were certain things that we were buying loads of, like toilet roll. Um, <laughs> Don't I know it? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Why do you to- think that was? It was a bit, is it, of all the things to panic about, loo rolls, I mean... <laughs> I, should imagine, I should imagine there's some people that have still got cupboards full of toilet rolls now. Um, there, there was no need for it. I mean, as at the time, all the, all the chief executives of the, the supermarket, the retail companies got together and said, do not panic. Because it just put a massive um, pressure on the supply chain, and that in the end it caused the shortages. But yeah, I mean, after the w- first week or two, the, my shop was pretty much wiped out of just not toilet roll, just everything really. I mean, staples like tin, tin tomatoes and beans and that sort of thing, flour. So as if the third, world, the third world war was coming, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit, it was a bit like an apocalypse, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I think people thought there was going to be an apocalypse, but there was no. But that, that aside, I mean, panic buying aside, how, how did the pandemic um, impact people's shopping habits? I feel like um, they definitely spent a lot more and the average basket was a lot bigger. So um, (laughs) me, I stocked up on my rum. But no, it was very much like they were scared that they weren't going to get these items because of obviously you got to think that you had the lorry drivers going off sick um, you had the people in the warehouses going off sick and it extends even further out but um, I think it was just people being scared but also of course the, the media had a big part to play didn't they because they, they the, the media was suggesting that actually they they with the lorry drivers and and the supply chains uh, lightly to be running out of goods and not be able to supply that that was in the news big time wasn't it yeah i think uh, probably that that made me mad i see i suppose <laughs> i feel quite old now 48 but um i suppose you get older you see how the media work and I suppose in, in times we got, unfortunately, we got the war in Ukraine now. And I mean, then COVID before that, it's just how they, they layer up, they mm-hmm. dramatise things. And especially COVID and also, like as Liam mentioned, the HGV drivers as, as well. It's the way they, I don't yeah. know, what's the word? <laughs> yeah, panic. Panic, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They I mean, like to panic people. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously it was the, it was the media that was causing the panic because they were reporting on things and, of course, to some degree, the, the stories do tend to be a little bit sensationalised and so, I mean, we're even having it with the fuel at the moment, aren't we? And I know I was shocked just a few weeks ago with the diesel going up and but I, I couldn't find diesel anywhere, you know. They, uh, now, of course, you have the Westway where you had that problem at the station there that, you know, the... the the story that Toby manages. But he's, he's here, right? He's still around, isn't he? So he's maybe, here. Maybe yeah, unfortunately, he's, he's got a bit of a cough, so this room is making him a bit warm and he's coughing. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll open the windows but wide and get him in to talk about fuel, you know. Yeah. Now, uh, I've got a good song. I th- Well, I thought it was a good song for a co-op. It's called Nine to Five, Dolly Parton. But is your job, is your job nine to five? <laughs> 
Absolutely not. No, no, it's not. I finished at 11 p.m. last night. So you did, yeah, oh, that's fantastic. So what? What are your average hours then? Um, so we, I, I personally do a mixture. I do maybe like two mid shifts, two early starts at 6 a.m., and then I do a late shift just to see how my shop runs at all parts of the day. Uh, well, let's enjoy the song anyway. <laughs> This is Hope FM. Well, our focus is on the uh, co-op today. Now, of course, we all do our shopping, but I guess that the truth of the matter is that a lot of us don't really know uh, what goes on behind the scenes. We go to get our goods and we pick them up. And, of course, now we're doing online shopping and so on. We're going to be talking about all of that in in a moment. Uh, So it's great to have uh, Steve from the Moordown branch of the co-op and Liam from the Charminster branch here in the studio. Toby's actually somewhere in the building and he runs the, the fuel station, which also has a huge store attached to it as well uh, over at uh, at Westway but uh, we'll try and get hold of him to talk to us about fuel. I want to talk to him about not being able to get some diesel just a, a, a few weeks ago. I mean we talked there about sort of shopping habits you know in, uh, during the pandemic uh, but but obviously you, you must have seen different attitudes in people both good uh, uh, and bad. What, what, what I'm putting you on the spot I know but what comes to mind? Steve? Um, I think the biggest thing was when, when COVID first started and, and people were scared, no one knew what COVID was and how it was going to affect us and if it was if it was going to end us all, really. So people were panicking and they were sh- holding up at home. So at first, because of the social distancing, we was only allowed a certain amount of people in the um, shop. In my shop. So and you've got a sizable store. Of yeah, I mean, my shop uh, in, in retail terms is 10,000 square foot. Um, but we were still only allowing 20, I think 20, 30 people in. Um, so there's a lot of people. Cu- where so did people- you have to have somebody at the door? Yeah, we did. We had someone at the door. Lucky enough, uh, we had we had security as well. So they they do the afternoon shift. Um, our hours were reduced because people were going off sick. We couldn't man the shop. And I mean, it still happens in an hour a bit. Um, but yeah, I think it was just a panic and fear at putting people. And that changed people's attitudes towards us sometimes not say not for the not for the better um but so you had to use your, your best powers of um of putting people out the reason and i guess maybe biting your tongue on occasion you, yeah you did you had to bite your tongue on some occasions <laughs> it was uh, the way you were probably being spoken to but um people were scared at the end of the day when I mean, we sure. were scared as well so liam what about you did you have uh, did you have the same problem? I mean, you've, your store's quite a lot smaller, so you wouldn't... How many were you allowed in at any one time? So at the very beginning of the pandemic, I was actually in Southampton. Um, I've only been at Charminster since October 2020. So was it a bigger store in Southampton? Yeah, mm-hmm. so it was bigger, but not a, like a large store like Steve's. Um, we did have queuing system outside, um, and we were only allowed a certain amount of people in the building. I think what it was was people were emotional because they didn't know what was happening. I was definitely emotional. My team was def- were definitely emotional. Um, so it was very touchy-feely days at times, and long days, uh, like Steve said, with sickness. Um, I found myself doing like really long days just to keep the shop trading so people could get what they needed to get. I mean, that's something we, we we ought to talk about, really, because obviously your staff teams were were affected. I mean, obviously there was the fear element that was affecting everybody, but of course people were getting the COVID uh, uh, as well, and, and sadly people were dying from it in those early days. Did did you have any of that touch you guys at the store with either losing staff or their family members of their family, but also you know the, the days off and. I mean, Liam, you've said you, you had to work double time, actually. Yeah, so um, I know a couple of colleagues that have actually lost family members um, through COVID at the very beginning. Um, but, yeah, it was it's definitely hard. I think the long days took it out of people as well, and you didn't know when you were going to get your day off. This was at the very beginning, of course. Um, uh, it still happens now, but not nowhere near as bad as it was at yeah. the very beginning. Although I suppose with this new strain that we're seeing at the moment, people are dropping like flies, aren't they? I mean, I, I went to um, Budapest just a couple of weeks ago uh, to have my teeth uh, done, and uh, uh, not by the co-op, but by, uh, by <laughs> another. But uh, but the, the flight was delayed three and a half hours, and it was because they 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 didn't have the crew, you know, to uh, to fly the thing and and to service the passengers and so on. But but that was that. That sort of shortage of staff has has been a big time effector of of you know I guess it would have big time affected you in stores. 
Yeah, it was, it was massive at first. In the first year, I was saying, because when it first started, you didn't have any testing or anything. So if anybody phoned up and said, oh, I've got COVID, or, and you had to look on CCTV, and if they'd been in close contact with anybody, and when we mean close contact, it was like a, within a metre. It wasn't the two metres, it was a metre. Um, they all had to go off. So I remember I had one instance in my shop, five people went off literally overnight and spent all day viewing CCTV. And it's just the sort of thing you can't really plan for because you go in the next day and, where are they? <laughs> Where's the staff? No, yeah, no, it, it, it wiped us out. So and then they had to go off for two weeks then, not like a few days now, it was mm-hmm. like two weeks. Within the within the co-op network, I mean, uh, Liam, you, you said you were over in Southampton, but do, do you have the flexibility to move staff from store to store? We do have the uh, certain stores do, but you need to think that we do have smaller stores that do run one on one. Um, so, unfortunately, when they have someone go sick, they are left with just one person. They can't trade that way. So then the other stores that do have extra people, but then they have the extra workload, do have to go over and help them. Um, but yeah, we do have the flexibility to help out. At the very beginning of the pandemic, we had a thing called direct hire. So. W- like Steve said, when they were off for two whole weeks because they were in within a metre of each other for 30 seconds, uh, we'd lose our whole team. We'd have to, I, I remember I had to recruit seven people in one day. They just came in, showed me their passport, and I recruited them because that's how it was. Gosh, that would be good, good for unemployment, wasn't it? Yeah. But, but, a, but, a, but a nightmare for you because it's one thing recruiting them, but what about the training mm. and all the million and one things that you have to do with to help staff do the job as it were yeah definitely and it was uh, you had to think as well that you had to have someone stood on the door you had to be cleaning every single basket everything someone touched we were cleaning and um, a lot of time and effort went into that that we weren't being able to work these deliveries that were coming in and people were actually taking stuff off the cages for their toilet roll to stock up their cupboards so before it even got into yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think pasta was actually that was earlier in the conversation there was pasta as well was a big one and flour was in short pasta, supply yeah, wasn't pasta, it pasta flour and um, all those sorts of things yeah. Yeah, all yeah. the Betty Crockers came out they did at the beginning <laughs> well I suppose if you, if you don't cry you laugh don't you or, or, the, or the other way around you know fantastic now obviously we, we talked about some of the, the negative attitudes that was out there but what, what were the things during all of the challenges that, that encouraged you most what, did you get customers going the extra mile recognising the pressure that clearly you guys and your teams were under what was it that got you through the day I think what it was in the store I was in at the beginning was uh, the customers that were shopping for other customers. Um, it was the children who were drawing them rainbows at the time and putting them in the window on our in our store window. So when people were queuing outside, they could look at that. And it was just the sense of hope and people coming together and working together. And the gifts, the cards. I remember putting cards, like thank you cards, all along behind the teal so people could see them that customers were buying for us because they realised what we were doing for them. And so that's so encouraging, though, isn't it? That, that, that people were recognising that you guys were under pressure, and that in order to keep the wheels turning, you know, well, you were having to sacrifice a great deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my so similar story to Liam. Really, it's um, it was what got you through the day was when someone just even someone come up to you personally and just went, "Thank you very much for what you're doing. We know it's hard. You're here every day. You run, you're almost on the on the front line, as as they say." So. Um, it also got, got me get through it as well. Was that my team? They everybody worked really hard. It wasn't just me. It was the whole store team, um, <laughs> and I'd like to thank them for it because it's been a tough two years. Um, hopefully, we're we're through the worst of COVID, but the, the team as well. My team, everybody mucked in. Everybody worked hard for those two years. Well, let's have some more music this time. Uh, Fleetwood Mac, uh, which I think because when you guys got together and I said, "No, give me some music tracks," you only came up with one. <laughs> Uh, which was Fleetwood Mac so let's let's have a listen to this is called Dreams This is Hope FM Well that's uh, Fleetwood Mac there and Dreams obviously co-op focus on today's programme I've got uh, Liam and Steve in the studios uh, Steve is the store manager over at Mordown and Liam at Charmanster uh, and in a moment or two we'll, we'll also uh, get one of the other managers in who uh, uh, Toby I think is in the building somewhere but he's having a bit of trouble with his 
with his breathing this morning. No, don't worry, it's not COVID. It's, it's just a bit stuffy in the studio with so many of us here, even though I've got the windows wide open. Now, we were talking about changing uh, habits and so on. Some of those habits, of course, like the Zoom, I mean, you would normally no doubt have staff and training meetings and all of that carry on. So did you did you both discover the delights of Teams and Zoom and whatever other platforms you were using? Yeah, so Teams. To be you're on mute. <laughs> or, or Liam, you're on mute. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, so on Teams, um, yeah, we still use it now, actually. And it has become a lot easier to use because when we used to have a conference call, it used to be on the phone and things like that. Uh, now we do it on Teams platform and it's nice to see everyone's faces on there. Um, it does make things easier. So, like, if you do have a quick meeting, you don't have to all oh, travel somewhere just to go do that. Um, so we have stuck stuck with that, but it took a lot of getting used to. And um, I think a lot of people were face shy with it at the beginning. Yeah, and, and I was making a joke there about, you know, like, you're on mute. You oh. know, I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm still I'm, doing... I'm so nervous. I've not even taken it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm still doing quite a lot of meetings. And, of course, the number of people who forget to... <laughs> and, I mean, of course, now what they're doing is they're switching the camera off. So they could be doing anything in the background. You know, people are making fun of it because you know people were in their pajamas, weren't they, and having their meetings. Mm. But I mean, nobody could really tell if the camera was off, or or maybe you know the upper part of their bodies were smartly dressed, but uh, down below maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but of course that wasn't the only innovation. And uh, I mean, were you guys set up for things like online shopping and all of that before before COVID, or has uh, has the the COVID challenges sped all that up? I think COVID definitely sped it up. Co-op really, all they did home delivery wise was large stores. Um, they'd have a home delivery van, so the customers would actually physically come in, shop in, choose a slot, um, and we deliver it. But I think with the advent of COVID. It, so it massively speeded online shopping up. So at the sort of launch of COVID, Co-op had just got into a partnership with Deliveroo, which is where people can order via Deliveroo app um, in half of our state now. So I think we've got it in over a 1,000 stores. Uh, all the stores in this room have got it, Charminster, uh, Entry Park, Westway, and myself at Moordown. So, so you've all got Deliveroo. We've all got Deliveroo, yep. And, yeah. And how is that going? Is it, is it, are lots and lots of people using it? Because a lot of people would have discovered online shopping that maybe previously wouldn't have considered it. Yeah, so COVID obviously obviously sped that up. We we were on delivery before COVID started, then um, it was sort of early days. But when COVID started, uh, delivery went through the roof. Um, so with the advent of that, I think Co-op launched it into a lot more stores. Um, but now you've also got Amazon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've got Amazon in, in my store, uh, in Moordown, so it's uh, Amazon Prime. Um, so you can order that. If you're an Amazon Prime customer, you can order. Is it free on Amazon Prime? It's free if, on if Amazon you... Prime, yeah, but you, you'd have to pay a fee if you're not on Amazon Prime. So we've... I mean, a lot of people are on Amazon Prime, so if you're an Amazon Prime member, you can just go in. So it's another bonus, yeah? Yeah, yeah, so it's delivered uh, same day, mm-hmm. free of charge. So does that has that meant that the footfall to the stores has decreased uh, substantially, or, or or has it been maintained? Because obviously you mentioned, Liam, earlier on how people love the, the person contact, you know, the, the particularly lonely people that they like to chat and whatever. But, so has, has have the new delivery methods had a had a knock-on effect to the footfall into the stores? Um, I wouldn't say so. I think my shop's still the same. So it's just... I think when a customer goes on, like, Deliveroo, that they can choose what shop they want to get it from. Um, so it's up to them. Most of them will probably go from the normal shop they go to. But I, in my shop, no, the footfall hasn't, hasn't stopped that. You get... I suppose modern times now people are really busy um they might be working from home or whatever some are still working from home they just they want to i speak you see a big peak as well as i suppose when the uh, the kids have, have come home from school um there's a big peak in delivery then so when you see it it's people who haven't got time now you want yeah. <laughs> myself at where i live the other day i was nearly just going to order a pack of uh dishwasher tablets absolute laziness but <laughs> well i was going to say listen to liam because he was talking about working till 11 o'clock at night i don't know when you do your own shopping you know <laughs> <laughs> um so I would definitely say no, it hasn't changed that much. I did find that during the pandemic. I have online shopping when you go on the co-op website and order. Um, I do have delivery coming just like Steve on the 3rd of May that launches. Um, So we'll be doing both services. Um, I do find, yeah, it's all about 
people's busy lifestyles and stuff you you might find that you'll still have the same customers coming in getting their meal deals and stuff like that in the day but then when they get home that night they're tired so they will do an online shop as well so therefore we haven't really lost that much in store but we have both uh, now, oh, well, tell us a wee bit about your, about this special deals now, because things. I mean, you heard me saying earlier on about the divvy for your time, Liam. I know, um, but, but, you know that, that everybody used to talk about the divvy. My granny and you know they all know it was like the, the discount, and, and I suppose the co-op was owned by everybody, wasn't it? it? It was. It has always been that sense of belonging and the community membership. Now you still have the membership scheme, but of course the the offers are working slightly different, aren't they? Yeah. Tell us how it works. So yeah, the the divvy, as you, you said, was uh, eventually replaced by the uh, the membership. Um, even though I'm quite old, I, I don't really remember how the divvy worked. How the divvy worked. I wasn't with the cult then; I was with a uh, previous company, Summerfield. But um, and when the cult took us over, they had membership. So yeah, we, we've basically got a membership card now. Um, we do encourage all our customers sort of in modern times now to use the membership app. So you can go to the app store. Whatever I've got one on my phone. <laughs> yeah, so to download the membership app. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just makes it a lot easier. So, and when you buy co-op products, you're you're earning money for yourself, and you're earning money for your chosen charity. So it's it's win-win both ways. And then as you're earning money for yourself, it's uh, it builds up in an online wallet. You can spend that whenever. Some customers choose to just build it right up. And they might have hundred, couple hundred quid on there. So when Christmas it. comes, they when can Christmas, have a yeah. they can have a, 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 a big hamper. So yeah. all paid for, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And of course, you mentioned very importantly the charities there. Do you find that the customers are getting into the idea of looking to see which local charities they can support and are actually ticking the box to say, I want to support that one? I wouldn't really know, to be honest. Unless they vocally told me, I wouldn't know. Um, I do find that it does interest them um, a lot. Uh, they... When, when we're describing it to them, so obviously you get the 2% to yourself back on the card for you to spend and then you get your 2% back to the community. Um, it is a good selling point because not only are you helping yourself, you're helping someone else. And then the, with the deals as well, um, you can, if you are a member, you get money off certain products mm-hmm. as well so at times. Well, I happen to know that there's about 3,500 in the pot in our in our immediate area. That's in the... In the uh, in the stores that are impacted, so that would be your own store at Charminster and at Mordown and over at, at Westway. So the, there, there's three and a half thousand uh, in the pot that people haven't haven't yet signed up to charities. So if you wanted to have a look at the co-op website and ch- ch- uh, take a charity that that you feel that you want to support, well, now is the time to do it because that 2% uh, is is really worth having and it does make the big difference you know to uh, to the charities that you may be supporting so so do that excellent but of course a lot of people have ticked those boxes and it has made a big difference to those to those those charities we, we need to mention your staff uh, because uh, i i guess that um, as managers uh, i mean you 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 have an hr role but but I guess that your staff were just a precious commodity, keeping those wheels turning, having, I mean, you talked both about having to go the extra mile, but I guess your staff teams have had to do the same. How, how have you managed to encourage them? It's been difficult, I have to be honest, um, to keep that morale uh, through the hard times, through the sickness and everything we've faced over the past couple of years it has definitely been hard but I do have a dream team, they will help each other, they do support each other they, they're like a family I, I only have, uh, since losing my overnight licence I, um, I only have 17 members of staff now but they are very close and they, and it's almost like they are related because they do care for each other so much. So how, how many staff have you got then, Liam? On this, uh, I'm a team of 17. So that so for a small store, that's that's a big, big team. But of course, Mordine, how many? we got 39. So, um, yeah, when we when we launched on Amazon, we had to take quite a few colleagues on. Yeah, so how did you, how, how did you keep them going and encourage them? Did you, did you have any special things like quiz nights or, or you know, just fun things that you could do as a staff team together to keep the morale up? Or were you just too exhausted that you couldn't do those things? <laughs> I think we all kept each other going, to be honest. Just, I think we've got quite a, long, a few long servers, or quite a few of the store teams worked there quite a long time. Like, like me, I've got 29-year service, so once you're in retail, you sort of stay in it for quite a few years, um, possibly all your life, to be honest, all your working career. So I think that's how we help each other through, is, is 
because we're experienced and we are one big team and it was just getting through it and helping each other and also helping the community well let's play a song for your staff team and I thought this would be a good one for all of you it's from The Greatest Showman This Is Me This is Hope FM that's uh, This is me from The Greatest Showman, dedicated to all of you who are working in those co-op stores. And we really thank you for keeping the wheels uh, turning. And uh, certainly as we've been reflecting on how it has been for you all during the pandemic, uh, we know that, that, that that's an integrity great deal of sacrifice but as you said Liam I guess it's also bonded your teams together and that would have been true of you know of both your stores and indeed uh, over at the um, at the petrol station uh, over on Westway now Toby was going to talk to us uh, but he's got the croaks hasn't he so uh, so he's giving you some notes to tell us about petrol I mean obviously we're all concerned because we're, we're seeing these rocketing costs and I was quite shocked actually because just a couple of weeks ago I, I went to get some diesel and all the pumps had the, the lock on them, you know, I thought, crikey, we're back to toilet rolls, only this time it's 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 fuel. So uh, you've got a few notes there from uh, from Toby, haven't you? What, what has he said? Yeah, so pretty much, like, he, he's, he's talked to me about... Uh, at the very beginning of the pandemic as well how everyone was walking uh, working from home so there wasn't a lot of petrol sales and stuff like that so the prices did go down quite a lot at the very beginning that was then though that was yeah. that was before ukraine <laughs> yeah so this was at the very beginning um so he he's passed on that information about that um as for the uh with the recent scares and everyone like impulse buying the fuel and stuff he said it was very hard work because again he had to have someone stood on the door letting certain amount of people in um, to come and pay for their fuel because the shop was just getting overcrowded. Yeah, well, they, well I think there was a lot of a lot of um, sort of uh, companies doing that, weren't they? Because obviously, it, it, to be fair, and there were very very long queues. I don't know whether whether that was the case at Westway or not. One of the things I was surprised at, though, when I made my first visit to Westway, I thought it would be quite small in size, but it's actually quite ginormous inside, isn't it, the, the store itself? Yeah, it is a very large store in there, and they've got a beautiful forecourt as well, where you can come in both ways and leave both ways, and they've got a lot of space for cars to fill their humps up, haven't they? Uh, tanks up, haven't they? Bet you that would be to die for at Charmin Store, wouldn't it? I've been to your store as well, actually, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but part, part on the, on the uh, you know, on the roadway yeah as it were but I suppose that's a bit of frustration uh, you know whenever you can't get the parking you know yeah definitely yeah. Um, well let's let's talk a wee bit about you know the, the pressures the squeeze which is on um, people at the moment because obviously I mean we're seeing bills rise all over the place and we're going to be talking a wee bit because I know you've got a community fridge initiative and various other things to, to, to help people but are, are you concerned you know about the squeeze that is obviously on uh, on everybody's pockets at the moment, particularly caused, of course, by these huge fuel bills, uh, which are, are set to rise again in October. So people on low income are going to be hit. The pensions, you know, and I guess you get a lot of people who who are pensioners coming into your store as well, because you're local, and uh, and um, they have loyalty to you. But I mean, obviously, you've got inflation. What's Seven percent plus, and the pensions only just gone up. I think by three three percent. So squeeze on everybody. Um, how, how do you think that's going to to impact you guys? And and, and uh, have you have you had any conversations with the managers about how the co-op is going to respond to that? Yeah, it's it's, it's a bit of a worry, as you said. Um, fuel bills are, are going through the roof. Uh, I saw my gas and electric bill. The other day, I had an email off my supplier. And, you uh, gas and oxygen, did you? <laughs> yeah, I, d I did need some oxygen. Um, it's, it's, it's basically doubling in price, which is, uh, is, is a real worry. And, and that is, is going to pass on to everybody. And you see, obviously, some people in the community are sort of on lesser salaries and, and so forth. Um, it is going to put the squeeze on them, as you say. Uh, I think all businesses are looking at it to try and keep their prices down. But unfortunately, sometimes it has to be passed on to... Um, the the end the end person but I'm well i suppose all, all your suppliers you see their 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 costs will be going up so it is going to affect the bottom line on lots of products isn't it yeah definitely i think it's a scary time as well i had a carer care worker who works in a uh, with the elderly um actually shopping for an elderly person the other day and she said it's really scary because 
um, I'm trying to find things that are more affordable now rather than the brands that they did like um, because obviously the prices of everything is going up. I mean, obviously you you do own brand as well, yep. you know, and uh, and of course the the oftentimes the own brand the own brand is is cheaper, um, but not necessarily sort of lesser quality. Have you have you seen a rise in own brand? I think it's a win win situation actually now in the present climate. If customers do sort of buy the, the own brand, um, co op quality is fantastic. Um, and say it's cheaper than branded products and also um, in some sub stores in my store I know they probably don't do it in all the smaller stores we sell co-op on its value range which is a real value range so it's, a ch- it's a real cheap own brand so it's worth giving that a try as well but um, quality wise it's all still there a lot of it's UK based as well so it's a great product to buy so I guess there's going to be an emphasis really on more sensible buying. But what you do do, of course, is every week you have these leaders, don't you, that where people can save quite a bit of money. What sort of things have you got on those sorts oh, of Oh, on the deals. Yeah, on Sorry, the deals. Sorry, yes. Yeah, so we do have some kind of deals. Not, long, not too long ago, we did have um, a huge reduction on our like mints and our Dolmio and things like that. I think it was like £1 something for our mince meat. And, and then Dolmio jars were like 57p. So they they did reduce that. But then we have got our value range that he said about. Yeah, I mean, permanent deals we currently do is um, we always have a freezer filler deal, which is a fiver. So you can always get five or six products for £5. Um, and at, the, at present, I think it does actually, it might have ended yesterday, but we've we've got another deal coming. We have Super Saver deals, which was two pizzas and uh, a beer, pack of four beers for um, £5.50. But I think that actually did end yesterday. I'm on holiday, so I, I wouldn't know, but I think it did end yesterday. But there's, we always have sort of good deals on like that. So, and always look at the promotion ends and that where stuff is on good value offers. Now, obviously, you, you, earlier on in the programme, you talked about the best way of keeping track of those is through the co-op app, which you can download to your, to your phone and, I guess, online. But for people who aren't into the tech-savvy stuff, you know, and I guess a lot of elderly folk uh, aren't, how do they keep track of, of those offers is it just by coming into the store? They can get when they um, if they keep their receipt, it will tell you how much they've built up already so far on the bottom of it. Yeah, because that, that's in terms of how much they've saved yeah. on on the receipt. But in terms of knowing those offers, I mean, if I wanted to know, now I get my app out and oh, this this is this week's. Oh, you offers. can have printouts. So when they get the receipt, you'll also have a coupon printout with it. Okay, so yeah. so they can they can know what coupons are yeah. are available. But you can get that with the app as well, so you can still have the printouts. Mm. But that's why we encourage the app because you get more offers. So you get your offers on the app, and you also get your printouts. So we're talking about smart shopping here, then, aren't we? Mm. Yeah, very. And I guess I guess we're all doing now. The other thing, of course, which has been very big big with the co-op is sustainability. And I guess a lot of us, you know, are 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 very concerned about that and concerned about the about the planet. But the co-op have not been dilatory uh, in terms of its response to sus- sustainability. How have you been responding? Um, we're really sort of ethical... Co- sort of company um recently with the cop 26 we we actually branded some of our stores with the cop 26 branding um so it's something we're really into so i've got uh, some uh, a brief here uh, it's going to be brief and scripted unfortunately so it won't be off the top of my tongue um, is this from toby this is from toby yeah this okay. is his part so so had toby been able to be live on the air sadly he's he's a bit, a he's bit croc. croaky but but he's he's given steve something to say go for it so i will yeah sustainability has always been more than just a word at co-op with World Earth Day coming up the 22nd of April, I'd like to share some of what co-op are doing for sustainability, climate change, and also how our customers and colleagues can make a difference too. Co-op's first responsibility is to reduce the carbon emissions from our own operations. This is how we can make the biggest impact. We have already reduced emissions from running our business from stores, trucks, funeral homes, offices and buildings by 47% since 2016, and more than 70% from 2006. We're investing in carbon-saving scooters such as LED lighting, better fridges and cooling systems. Continuing to use 100% renewable electricity from five wind farms we need help to develop. From 2021, all new co-op stores will have zero fossil fuel uh, heating. By 2025, 100% of our home delivery vehicles will be electric. And also in store, we offer uh, just recycled packaging on soft plastics. So you, you see there's a black and a blue bin, so customers can um, bring that in. So things like crisp packets, bread p- 
packets, uh, pet food foils, um, and so forth. So we op- we use those bins so people can recycle more and more packaging that maybe their curbside uh, count, uh, councils wouldn't wouldn't take. So all stores have got those bins. Uh, it's actually been going over a year and it's very successful. And it's really good there because I mean obviously economy begins at home and uh, what. Toby has drawn our attention to there is the fact that the operation is where the co-op has started, looking at everything from transport to lighting and heating and all of that sort of thing. And I guess that because you can control all of those sorts of things, and I guess also you know in, in terms of your you know sensible buying as well, because if nothing else, you have clout with those people who are your suppliers. Hmm. So a certain amount of clout. Um Obviously, the sort of bigger bigger supermarkets have probably got more clout. But yeah, we we do uh, buy a lot off suppliers, so we can demand extra deals. And it's so another forth. way of, of yeah. making a difference, isn't it? Okay, now just changing the the thing completely. And obviously, we started and we're going to finish today talking about the co-op uh, community fund. And you both said about how that has helped you. Now, one way, of course, people can get a quick hundred and fifty pounds from three up to three stores is to drop you a letter store managers uh, and uh, but of those you don't get you know you don't get masses of requests do you not that really no you don't get a lot of those because probably the most is um as uh, tina mentioned earlier is the 15 pound which we're, we're allowed to give like one a week so if a if a charity comes in and says oh we'd like some biscuits or whatever for a tea you can tea give up to 15 pounds we can give up to a 15 pounds or maybe couple of charities seven pound fifty um so yeah that's probably the most one so that's that's at your discretion yeah yeah that's our discretion we probably always just do request a letter to check it's a registered charity as well so sure yeah and of course uh, i guess i mean do do many of those people who come say you know could you give us a donation raffle or whatever it is they're having for their cause uh, do they also invite you to come and see their work or would you like would you like them to do more of that they have asked, yes, and they've asked if we wanted to be a part of the raffle, etc. Because um, and the rest of my team, um, but yeah, so it's always nice to build them relationships. Whether, whether they're just flying in to ask for raffle donations, we do make an effort to keep in touch with these people for future times. Mm. So you can pop into your local co-op store and you can request a, a small request. You know, don't overdo it. Uh, but if you've got a genuine need there, then uh, uh, I think each manager each week has the discretion of up to £15 per week. So that's one thing. The other thing, of course, is if you've got a bigger project and you want it to have a little bit more, up to £150, and if it was a really bigger project, you could go to two or three managers. How do you track? How would you know, for example, that, that they hadn't gone to 10 stores? Are you able to communicate, you know, so that... Because I guess, very sadly, you might get some people who would be perhaps a bit greedy. Yeah, the basic how that works is obviously they would go to the stores, but then we have to submit it. So it's, it's centrally tracked, so no one can really sort of take liberties. So Big Brother is watching. Oh, it. yeah, Big Brother's yeah, always watching. Absolutely. Everything. But when, that, when those letters come for the £150, and I guess they may say, well, it's £300 and could we could could we chip in together and uh, what what are the things that you, that you're really looking for you know as store managers what what is it that hits you between the eyes and think you know what that that is that's a worthy cause uh, on a personal note i tend to so for example we had um my last quarter i donated 150 pounds to from my store to uh, a charity called truth be told um they what they do is they have young children with their parents and they go and visit the elderly in care homes who are lonely and they read stories with them they play games with them and all that sort of thing and they wanted they wanted the donation for more resources more books and things like that and they invited us along i'm actually going in may to join them to spend an evening reading and hanging out with the elderly in the care home so so that's that's great because because i mean obviously it's not just the giving of the money it's the inter it's the interaction isn't it yeah and i guess do, do any of your staff members sort of get involved you know like going in painting or like you've done liam you know actually get involved themselves or are staff members encouraged to do that yeah um Colleagues can go onto a website, it's an internal website for co-op, and we can actually volunteer um, at local uh, charities. I think Hope FM is actually on there as well. So mm. um, where I well, live, here you are, volunteering are. to present we on are. the pro- yeah. 
we are um so where i live uh, over in paul we've uh, we can i can volunteer for like christchurch uh, it's a cafe which is um jody's already mentioned one of charity she supports so there's loads on there we can support so, so a couple of my guys have uh, volunteered so they just wait to hear back from the charity mm-hmm. in question well we can give them an offer can't we so if you if you get your letter in on your good cause uh, then uh, i can say to you to the guys here well whatever whoever puts that in you bring them to the studio and then we'll give them some airtime uh, as well to make known what it is that you're doing that's a good offer isn't it yeah i think that's brilliant so that you and uh, the manager can come with you and uh, or, or somebody from the store if 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 they've got the time to do it you know if you get in and did it don't blame me <laughs> well let's have some more uh, some more music and then we'll ju- we'll just uh, go over uh, with with tina um uh, and uh, and also um, Jody. with Jody uh, about how you can apply to that bigger fund and and so on uh, Liam and Steve thank you so much uh, for being my guests don't be strangers uh, now thank that you. I've got you signed up as volunteers this is Bruno Bruno Mars thank you uh, count on thank me you. This is Hope FM. Uh, well, a big th- thank you to all of the co-op team. It's been, it's been absolutely fabulous having them all here. Now, they've said to me that uh, could they give a shout out? Well, how, how could I possibly re- refuse to family and friends and to you guys who are working your socks off in the stores? So, so Liam, come on, you go first. Who are you going to give a big, big shout out to? Um, I just want to say hi to my husband, my colleagues, and my mum. Mum, I'm on TV. <laughs> and, yeah, no, um, just hi to everyone that I know. Yeah, so star, star of radio and screen and so on. Uh, and uh, Steve... Oh yeah, I just want to say uh, hi to my uh, part- lovely partner Dawn, uh, SJ and uh, Leo and also hi to mum and uh, my sister, thanks very much and <laughs> well done team at my store, thank you And what about what about the girls? Well, I know there's, there's a very small member of, of your family, Tina that you ought to be- give a big shout out to um, I just want to say hello to my mum Hi mum! <laughs> <laughs> and Jodie? Hello, I want to say hello to my li- to my lovely little children, Amelia and Harry. Well, finally, uh, you, you know, uh, what we want to do, we want to encourage all of you to apply to the Co-op uh, Community Fund. So just very briefly, uh, 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 Jodie and Tina, just tell us, just recap on how people can apply for that funding. I'll let you go first, Jodie. Okay, so on May the 3rd, the applications will open for the next round. You can find the details at coop.co.uk and you will have until the end of the month to apply. So there you go. So, and then go and check out that website because all the details are, are on there. And that's for the that's for the 12 month support. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, the other support where you put the letter in or you drop in for asking for, you know, some biscuits or a small donation, you can do that anytime to any of the store uh, managers. Or if you've got a bigger project, again, you can do that at any time, can't they? Yes, that's right. Just pop in and speak to your store manager. And of course, lots of people have been doing that, but you'd like a lot more, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, um, the more the merrier for me. I'd love um, some more charities to get involved. Um, you can um, you can find me on Facebook, Um Instagram. I'm even on Twitter. My name's Tina. Um, and um, yeah, I'd, I'd look forward to hearing from you. Well, thank you also to, to Steve and to Liam uh, and to Jodie and to Tina and to Toby, who hasn't been able to give his voice on the air, but he has written some notes for He's you. He's in the background. <laughs> A massive thank you for all the work that you guys uh, do for for the, the community and don't forget uh, support the co-op as they support you. Uh, going out of the programme is a big goodbye from me. This is another day in paradise. Bye bye. This is Hope FM.